This is Matt Lesniewski, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Well, that party's over. <laughs> so depressed. On to new business, I say. On the mark to a thousand, baby. Yes. Are there any unresolved issues? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Forever. Yeah. Forever's a mighty long time, but I'm mm-hmm. here to tell you. Mm-hmm. There's something else. 11 o'clock comics, episode <gasps> 901. Damn. My people. And I what am Vince B. You are Vince B, and I am David A. Price. This is true, and I am the Grand Lama Mipom. <laughs> okay, I'll allow that. <laughs> and you are the Grand Lama Mipom, a.k.a. Jason Wood, all together on this another average, everyday, fill your ears with good old comic goodness episode, sponsored by CheapGraphicNovels.com. What? CheapGraphicNovels.com. You love comics? Who doesn't? You want to get your collected edition, your trade paperbacks, your OGNs, your manga, your omnibus editions at less than everybody else is paying? Go to CheapGraphicNovels.com. They have all that stuff on the cheapness. And place your order because you're going to save. You're going to want to order something. On the down low, like one or two books. You're going to get an email confirmation saying, thank you for ordering, blah, 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 blah. You're going to reply to that email saying, you know what? I would never have known about this wonderful place if not for 11 O'Clock Comics. And Max is going to gift you, he'll reply to you, he's going to gift you with free shipping on your next order. Do some experimentation. Look at what shipping costs these days. It's ridiculous. It's, it's almost detrimental to ordering these days. Not at CheapGraphicNovels.com, at least not for your second order. So go there, CheapGraphicNovels.com, and save. Mightily. Do it. Yeah. Do it. What are we drinking, people? I'm guessing you're drinking mead. No, I'm I'm still drinking the sake from last episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 15 point something percent alcohol. There's no way I'm, I'm chugging this thing. Sipping it like Tanqueray. At least not. I want to maintain some kind of coherency. It's true. Well, well I'm going to leave for 901. There you go. There you go. Um, I am not drinking uh, a Rossini like I was last week, last episode rather. But I did want to carry the uh, the flavor profile forward, so I'm drinking some uh, strawberry flavored seltzer. And uh, looking for the brand, I don't see the. Oh, it's it's whatever the Stop and Shop brand is. So there you go, Stop and Shop Strawberry Seltzer. Nice. Hmm. Uh, I've got some fruit. This is uh, from Spirits Lab, which is uh, over the over the other side of the river and uh, through the woods, uh, Newburgh. So yeah, over there, uh, an orange, uh, blood orange, old fashioned, bull's head bourbon. Blood orange, amaro, and bitters, and uh, it, they're they're they're, they're a, uh, a small batch distillery. But this is um, this was a huge hit when I um, when I found it at the, the the local spot down by the river, and I 
we we had a little get together with with the homeowners here and i brought this out and the bottle was pretty much polished off before i before it made its way to everybody and then i went down to get another bottle and my man at the at the store told me that they're sold out and he doesn't know why but a bunch of dudes came in and Mm -hmm. just you know or and and i find out that yeah my fucking neighbor so uh, it, I ain't mad, and that's fine, and, and you know the good times keep coming. But I, I was finally able to score another couple of bottles that have been sitting in the cabinet. So this is one of them that I'm drinking tonight. Nice, love it. There you go. It's blood with orange. The, Vince. I love blood orange. Yeah, I, I love it a lot. Let's make with the comics, yo. Mm. So my opening intro should be a hint as to what I wanted to bring up this evening. Cause I said I was the grand llama Mipom, and that is one of the main characters of the white llama written by Mr. Alejandro Yodorowsky with art by Monsieur George Bess. You will recall how much I loved the late 2023 Releases of the best Dracula and best Frankenstein, in particular the Dracula I loved, um, and and we talked at the time about those books and how I was blown away by the visuals and that I really it made me realize I knew so little of George Bess's storied career, even though he's been at this for a long time, and that led us to talking about other things that he did and his longtime collaboration with Yodorowsky, and that led me to, uh, as we were having that discussion, reach out to Max at CGN cheap graphic novels and say, my dude, what you got for me in the uh, Yodorowsky Bess? And I placed an order and in the moment for the two that he had available. And that was uh, the Yodorowsky library, which collects um, a couple of stories that they did together. I have yet to read that. And the other book was the white llama, which was actually this, this version, this hardcover was originally printed in 2014 by humanoids. So it's been a minute. Um, but it was new to me. Um, so there's this is a really fascinating book because I think I am at a bit of a uh, I wouldn't say a disadvantage, but there's a lot of thematic things in this book that, as I understand it, are very common to all Yodorowsky stories where he deals with the the paradox of spirituality and religion. Right. Like in different rappers, but but that it's a common theme for him and this idea that he's he seems to be. I don't, I don't know that I've ever I know it it seems from what I can gather that he is a spiritual person, but not a fan of organized religion, which I think would probably many people would consider themselves that way these days. Um, but this story is, is for those that, that remember the episode where we talk about Bess and his his Dracula book and Frankenstein book. Um, Bess was a devoted buddhist and he was fascinated with tibetan culture uh, or i should say is he's still with us um for most of his life and so when he started working with yodorowsky he brought the idea of doing a tibetan flavored book uh to alejandro and they agreed to work on this so what's the premise well the 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 idea here is that um you have this group of tibetan monks and the grand lama mipam dies but he dies in a, in a fantastic way um and visually best just crushes it here basically you the book starts off with this uh young vibrant almost like a warrior monk flying through the air in a really 
masterfully illustrated. It looks kind of more like a really decorative kite because it's, you know, it's ornate than it would be like, say, a hang glider, but it's having the effect of like a hang glider. And he's flying through the air and then a um, an old school biplane like, uh, you know, uh, like the Red Baron, like Snoopy in that, right? Like uh, <laughs> comes flying through and and machine guns the 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 monk, you know, just shoots him right out of the air. And then we come to find out that this is a dream that the Grand Lama is having. He dreams of this and he sees this as an epiphany that their protected land in Tibet is finally going to be usurped by uh, Europeans, right? Like coming to invade uh, for 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 the purposes. And and in this in this and this is I think set in the 19th century, but it's all it's a fantasy. In this Tibetan city, it's 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 very populous, right? Like I know we often think of like the idea of these Tibetanists being very like small monasteries. This is massive. I mean, there are I would say thousands of people here. Um, it's kind of more like the firepower vibe that, you know, like where it's like, mm-hmm. it's like a whole society, like a Kun Loon, like it's all, you know, it's all premised on the same concept. Um, but the, the, the grand Lama tells everybody of this vision he's had and then how he can't be with them anymore. And he literally like physically transforms in front of them. And this is the first glimpse we get of there being anything magical happening here, because to that point, it just looks like a, uh, what we've known to be tr- traditional Tibetan monk uh, surroundings and they all seemed like they were just, you know, human, but the, the grand Lama transforms like he bursts through energy and his skin falls off almost like a, a, a snake molting and out comes a much younger version of himself glowing gold and he's tiny. And then the energy pulses some more and he turns into a Buddha, like a little Buddha statue. And it's the grand enlightenment. Like he finally achieves grand enlightenment, which, you know, is very cool. I mean, my, 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 um, my, uh, Beth's brother, uh, is a Buddhist. I think you guys know that, but our audience maybe not does know that he, he's a practicing Buddhist. In fact, he spent three years of his life at a, at a Buddhist monastery. Um, so it's like, it's a very real thing for him and, and a deep part of who he is. And so I've, you know, I've known him now for 25 years. I've talked to him a lot about it. So I know a little bit about this, just enough to be dangerous. I don't profess to be an expert in 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 uh, in, in, in any you know this, but but I know enough to, to be dangerous and interested in it. So so I, they, he hooked me with all this. I'm like, okay, I'm in. And Bess's art is just off the charts. I mean, it's just like we said with the with the monster books. It's so hyper illustrated, like you know, it's like like Jeffrey Darrow level illustrated. Like like it's crazy. And I always wonder when you see something like this how lucky we are to see it, but also how long it must have taken for dude to draw it. Like, like my guy, you can take a shortcut every, every panel or two. If you, if it's, if you know, you don't, every panel doesn't need to be full of illustration. Not that I'm complaining. It's, it's, it's a sight to behold. Um, and then we get almost 300 pages of this arc, but the premise here, the white llama is as follows. Um, a group of, of white European Christian, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the word for uh, not not um, uh, missionaries? I couldn't think of the word. Uh, white Christian missionaries arrive at the Tibetan village and want to uh, sort of you know teach the heathens to find Christ, as it were. And uh, and, and because it's a war going on, things happen. Uh, lots of people are killed, and including the the lead missionaries, a husband and wife, are killed. And what's left is, uh, or the the husband's killed. The the woman 
the survivors are the woman. One of the female survivors is pregnant. Uh, the, uh, the, the monks take, take them in and then like mishaps happen. And long story short on the day of, uh, of, of a baby's birth, there's another massacre. And in essence, they're left with this white baby, right? The, these, the surviving monks are left with the Tibetan monks are left with this white baby. And they raised it. Of course they raised the baby and the baby ends up becoming this, uh, named Gabriel ends up becoming a practicing monk. And then eventually is, uh, we find it is imbued with the spirit of the grand Lama Mipam and has like his full consciousness and enlightenment. And there go has like godlike powers and gets and intervenes and has all kinds of, uh, adventures, if you will, to uh, deal with. And we don't have to get into breaking down each of the chapters or adventures, but it's a, it's basically a hero arc. Now I thought it was really, really interesting on a lot of levels and the art alone made me thrilled that I own this. I will say it, if, if there is a complaint for it, it would be that the rapper is fantastic, but the underlying story of like the white savior trope really scream loud to me here like it's it's it was like okay like how many stories do we have of a foreign culture being saved by the white man like it's like it's just such a trope and you know of course edgar rice burroughs and tarzan has been raked over the coals for that and and we can we don't have to have a debate about like at the time whether that was a thing or not when he wrote it my point is is there are lots of examples of this of like, you know, uh, dances with wolves, right? I mean, it's like the same, we've seen this idea many times where, you know, uh, indigenous people or, or, or a foreign land takes takes in a white baby and then that baby ends up becoming the master of whatever they're great at or or their, you know, their their ways. And it's like, it's super insulting from like a colonialization. It, it didn't age well is my point. Like, I think reading this in 20, in a, in 2024, 2024 didn't, like as much as I did enjoy the book, I, I closed the book and put it down. I thought like, like the book is too well-written and well-illustrated to just be about like white savior trope, which is really what the book is about. Right. Even this, and even in the name, it's in the name, the white llama, right. It's like, like it's not even, they're not trying to run away from it. They're, they're kind of owning it. And so I just, I am kind of fascinated as to why, like, why did it have to be like white baby saved? Like, it, cause there's nothing about the story where the fact that the, that Gabriel is a white guy matters like that does not matter to the story at all in my opinion beyond the fact that that so it like it could have been it could have been a Tibetan baby like it there's like there's no reason it had to be like white savior guys so it's it that's the one nit I have for it and it definitely did hit me a certain way but I don't want to profess to say like the book isn't an absolute triumph visually and it's very well written as well I mean it's uh, like it's very engaging Putting aside that part of it, the rest of the story and the narrative, it's a beautiful arc. It, it expands decades of, of 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 the of Gabriel's life and, and the life of, of of the monks. And so, I mean, I really did think it was quite well done and, and worthy of the hardcover treatment that humanoids gave it. Um, but but again, I can't say like I loved it because of the of the the trope being so like heavy handed in this. Interesting. Mm. Have you read it? I have this in multiple formats. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I have the. This was originally released as individual graphic albums. Yeah. Yes. And then I have the collected. Like the European sort of yeah, like small. Yeah. yeah. I have the collected hardcover with the slipcase. Um, no, I, I think the book is great. Um, I, I don't think 
some of Yodo's a subtle guy. Well, not really, but <laughs> but it's there are times when 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 Yodo tries to. Um, uh, the theme here, I don't think, is the white band. I think it's that race and color really don't matter. Well, I don't disagree, which is why I say, like, it, it, I just, I kind of wish it wasn't, because it does get, like, since I think the story would be beautiful regardless, like, I just wish he didn't fall into the, the convention of being like, oh, let me, you know, having the white the white man savior. Like, that's all. Right. Just, but he is, a, I think he's an albino, right? He's no. He's very light-skinned. <laughs> He's very white skinned. Yeah, I mean they don't. I don't know about Obama because he's not like it's not like his hair. He's blonde, but but yeah, but either way, he's, he's yeah, he's very white skinned. Yeah. Um, no, I think the, the story's great. Um, it, it's typical Yodorovsky, right? There's a lot of elements of the tarot in this, and the archetypes within the 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 Trumps are all in here. That's how he works. But yeah, yeah I think it's great. You need to read Son of the Gun next. Yeah. No, I know. I, I it was out of stock. Because that's best too. Yes, yes. Um, hold on, I'll, I have the other one here. I'll tell you what's included in that. Let's see, because you, maybe you've read it. You probably have read it. Uh, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Um, no, it's uh, Son of the Gun and Pietrolino are in this class. Oh, nice. There you go. You're set. Oh, there you go. Nice. nice. Respect. Yeah. I, I, I have a, like Frank Miller, I have a bias when it comes to Yodorowsky. Never does anything but spectacular work. So yeah. I can't I say too, objectively. This is a very different visual style for best than what I saw in the Dracula book, mm-hmm. and it's equally impressive. I mean, this is definitely a different. I mean, this was probably done. Well, this was done almost thirty years before, so yeah. certainly I would think an artist would change or evolve over thirty years. But uh, it's a but hell just of a career. Stunning. Yeah, ridiculous. You're setting a precedent. I am. I will. I will capitalize on your hyper detailed. Um, art style for your book, and I will add to it with Matt Lisniewski. Nice. nice, yes, Faceless and the Family. I read the first issue. I knew it was going to be a miniseries, so I waited till it was finished, and it has recently finished. Maybe last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. So I read it all in one gulp. Um, of course, written and illustrated by Matt Lisniewski. It was published by Oni Press, but this thing was originally crowdfunded on Zoop. I did not know that. But it is a black and white four-issue miniseries with disturbing amounts of detail. Um, every panel. And I kind of get the agita when I, <laughs> when, when I look at Matt's work. I mean, I yeah. love it. And it, it, it is something you, you cannot, you can't just, you, the, the, the visual voice demands you treat it differently than the majority of other works of sequential art. Because each panel is imbued with a staggering level of detail in everything. Main characters, environment, um, I mean, you just go down the list. Everything Matt draws is rendered ridiculously. Hyper-detailed. Um, textures. My man is a master of textures. 
uh, and 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 it, he's all over the map. Like he can do organics very well. He can do uh, architecture, um, inanimate objects like machinery and 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 uh, lifeless stuff. Ex- like staggering, um, which was a detriment <laughs> to a four issue miniseries in that it took me forever to get through this book. Hence my comment. You can't just ab- absorb a, p- a panel, move on to the next. That's not a way to do Lisnowski's work. You have to let that shit sink in because there's so much going on in every panel where a, a standard size comic is almost exhausting to experience because you're you're lingering over this this absolutely stupendous artwork but it, it's almost like a window into what well, it is it's a window into another reality where the the language is a little bit different everything is 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 crystallized clarity is like ridiculously clear you can you that's uh, i know it's a uh, redundant <laughs> but um and and so therefore after reading these four issues i felt like i needed a damn shower man I, I was tired um, just because my uh, I was on that, that precipice of, of perception where I was just trying to take in everything. And you really can't. Like, this is a, a series that demands rereads, or I should say re-experiences, because it's just so dense. But um, the, 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 the crux of the biscuit is that um, there exists in space a planet shaped like a giant hand. It's called Planet Hand. And um, it's palm up in the firmament. The majority of its citizens live in the palm. And the, the hand has fingers. And the, 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 the upper crust live in the fingers. And the fingers have gateways and they're rings. It's amazing to see. Matt details it in a double-page spread that is just absolutely astounding. But um, from the palm comes Faceless, a man with a very shadowy past. Um, so much so that he has tried to distance himself from said past by hiding his face. He wants to change his face in order to erase his past misdeeds. He, he's been isolated for 10 years. Um, and he's repenting for his time in the Carpal Tunnel Gang. It's it's a variation on a theme here. And he wants to get facial surgery in order to completely erase the person that he once was. He wears this three-foot-tall tube, metal tube, on his head with a grating so no, you, nobody can see his face, hence his name. Everybody calls him Faceless. And, and he carries this pipe weapon on a belt... And the belt, if you scrutinize the, the the physics behind the belt, it just does not operate the way physics does in, in our world, like gravity. The, the belt seems to, like, float around his body, and the pipe just, like, hangs off the side of it. It, it, it Whatever passes for reality in, in this miniseries is not what you see outside your window. Um, to the point where sound effects, if somebody gets hit, it'll say like doom or something. Matt renders the sound effects in three dimensional letters. So it makes, it makes it seem like the sound effects, the onomatopoeia 
stuff is actually part of that physical reality. It's crazy. Okay. It's very there, there are sections that are very Will Eisner-esque where you'll have a word not so subtly hidden within the side of a building or on a roof or in a pile of rocks um like you've seen in the spirit where Will would use would in, interweave the spirit into like architecture or cobblestones or something or the 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 the, the shine on top of a a body of water well matt does very much the same thing with his sound effects and it's crazy and it makes you think like did that person just get hit and this word pop into the reality like this three-dimensional fully formed word is somehow falling it's absolutely crazy um so he lives on hand planet uh and he's trying to get his face um reconstructed but he doesn't have a whole lot of money so he figures all right i'm done with this i, I gotta get out of here i haven't seen my real family in, in 10 years um, i gotta get this taken care of I gotta get my face changed so he just heads out just starts walking and he's gonna go to one of the finger cities get his face redone and on the way this is all about the journey on the way to the finger cities he meets a variety of individuals one of which is giant jerry a massive hulking man that carries with him, and this is a commentary on I think all of us, he carries with him on his back everything that he's accumulated in life to which he ascribes value of some kind. Can't bear to part with any of it. He just, all of the stuff he's accumulated, he lumped onto his back and he just, and it's it's a sight to behold. And you know Lisnowski's art. Everything within that massive mound of stuff is intricately rendered. Like, it's just, I get tired just thinking about it. I really do. I don't know how long it took him to draw this. It doesn't really matter, right? Because the proof is in the image. If the image connects and is and resonates with, with, with the viewer, then success. doesn't matter how long it took to render. But as an illustrator, I look at the work and I'm like, my, dude, I could never render this many pages in a hundred years i don't know how matt does it but anyway and i said the same thing to matt allison who has a very similar visual style i matt matt is a fan of of um allison is a fan of lisnowski's work and i and he's like yeah man it's crazy and i was like well you know that's the pot calling the kettle black my dude because <laughs> your work is, is is similarly uh intricate but whatever so giant cherry and then he encounters this woman called they call carp she carries a hammer because she was a carpenter and she's pursued by a cult leader. She left this, this, this cult and now she, she broke out on her own. She, there are indications that she paid. She, this is not the first time she has tried to break away from the cult because she has a metal leg. So I'm guessing, and it, it's implied in the story that she, she, she tried to get away once, didn't work and, and had, you know, this is her penance. She maybe they cut her leg off, or I don't know. But um, her only possession is a hammer. And if you get the idea here, or you're starting to lay down, get what I'm, I'm laying down. Giant Jerry is leaving his previous life. He just wants to make memories. That's the thing that he wants to do. He 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 wants to. He's he's lived in solitude, and he wants to accumulate memories instead of stuff. Carp is fleeing a past life like everybody's trying to become something 
other than they once were in this book. Faceless wants to escape his his nasty past, right? They also run into a dude called Highway Hal. Um, think Spaghetti Western. Big, mm -hmm. big, long brim hat. And uh, an older man who had lost his wife, Jan. And he's just moving on. He's, he's trying to, to continue his life. Um, he meets a woman named August. And they hit it off immediately. And she's great with a bow and arrow and plays into the story at some point. But it's all about this new family being formed and that family is there for you or should be there for you regardless of what you've done, regardless of, of your misdeeds. Family should unconditionally be there for its members, right? And as Italian, as a Sicilian, this is something that I've always been told. Like, you you may fight, but at the end of the day, you're still family. So you don't go to bed mad. You, 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 you take care of your blood because, in reality, that's really all you have. Or aside from your, your, your chosen family, your, the family you can't choose is very, very important. And that's pretty much at the core of this, where um, stuff is redundant, memories are important, um, your past can be, uh, your course can be corrected with the help of other human beings, compassionate human beings. It's just an amazing series. And it's one of those things that you can read um, at, at one point in your life. Like if I read this book 30 years ago, I'd be like, ah, well, okay, it's nice art, but yeah, the story was whatever. But as a semi-mature adult, <laughs> shut up. As a semi-mature adult who has experienced a whole bunch of things and has learned, hopefully, from my mistakes, the story resonated much more intensely than it would have 30 years ago, Vince B. So I thought it was wonderful. Uh, and, and, it, and, it, and it can be read multiple times. There are things within it, not only the art, but, but the themes that play within the book should speak to a wide variety of people, I would think. Uh, and if you're human... Yeah, it should. But um, again, if you're young and rebellious and, and cocksure, maybe um, this would teach you something if you open yourself up to the ideas at play in it. Um, or you may have to wait 10 or 20 years before this book finally clicks with you until you get some experience under your belt and some life. But yeah, I thought it was just phenomenal. It, it, it's, it's, um, do I use the M word? Eh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, it's it, it certainly on a level that is a little bit removed from what I've seen from Lisnowski in the past, where he's, he's basically done, you know, adventure stories and, and, and fantasy sci-fi stuff. Um, this is a very heavy handed message book. It, it's, it's not presented in a heavy handed way, but the, the, the message, the messages at its core are very, um, important and, um, I think uh, something that we all kind of experience at, at one point in our lives or other, like myself, I'm giant Jerry. Like I have all this shit on my back that I've accumulated over the, the decades. And like, what's the value in that? And yeah. The, you know, thing, things, the physical are important and they, they, they provide enjoyment for us over an extended period. But 
what about those memories, the, the, the non-physical stuff that, that we carry with us forever, right? Because we're going to have to part with all of that physical shit when we either expire and fade into nothingness or go to another place, I don't know. But I'm thinking that the, the memories, that cognitive, the mental stuff, the, the, the emotional stuff is the real value to life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this was wonderful. Faceless and the Family. Her. Yeah. You read it too? I did. Isn't it great? I mean, I'll say a couple things. I mean, you, you, you crushed the review of it, but I had to say, for, first of all, I, I love that the end it says to be continued. Right. Know, like with anything with these creator-owned stuff, I'm sure it's in some way premised on does it sell well enough for it to be worth Matthew's time. But I hope we, I hope we get more. Um, as you can imagine, Vincent, you know, knowing me, that there's things about the structure of the story that just are home runs for me, right? Like this is a getting the band together. Exactly. Right. It's just, I mean <laughs> – I mean, you know, that is a, I mean, that is, that's the easiest way to my panties is to do that, right? Like, it's just a trope that works for me. I mean, here I was talking about a trope, like, that trope works for me. I don't know why, but, 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 uh, you know, and maybe if I want to get deep on the couch here, um, you know, I consider my found family to be generally a much bigger deal than my blood family. I mean, well, I, have, I think that's one of the messages of the book, too. That no, fam- right, but I'm saying yeah. that I, maybe that, that's part of why I connected with it, too, because I, I mean, um, my, I mean, my, my direct family, you know, the, like my wife and children are, nothing's more important to me, but I mean, like I come from a very big family where I have very few relationships, you know, other than my dad. So, um, so I'm with that for sure. And I think, I mean, we've all always been fans of, of his art and it's always been genuinely distinctive from anything else out there. But for me, I, I see the growth. I think this book visually is triumphant. Not just because the line he's he's really finding his aesthetic now with these, you know he's got the the re, I mean he just he he's really getting good at the at the you know the, the gray tones and the spotting and stuff and the stippling. I just think it's it's really feeling polished in a way that his other stuff maybe didn't. Um, which is not to say I didn't love his other stuff uh, visually. I certainly did. But like you said, there's also a structure to this book and a narrative that I don't. You know, it's not to say that his books were like out there experimental. I mean, they do have plots, but I just yeah, this one does feel a little more cohesive to me. And I'll say that he's so much more confident with his art because, um, you know, I think sometimes when you have a, a a style that let's say wouldn't be quote unquote mainstream, right? Like exact in this case, super exaggerated, wavy anatomy and and and, and backgrounds. Um, I, I think when you when you have that kind of style, and and especially when you try and get out there and, and make a living off the style, you can be a little almost like subconsciously afraid to push it to the point where. Whereas I feel like now, now that he's got a few books under his belt, and he's, I feel like he pushed it with this. I yeah. feel like he's unapologetic with his art style in this book, and there are full page spreads of fight scenes where, like you said, I mean the the integration of the typography as a part of the scene now is becoming like a thing for him. Like that's like a thing. He, you know, that like that's, that's a signature part of his visual language now. And I think that, um, these fight scenes, these full page fight scenes, I mean, they're almost like maze. Like you have to really pour over the page at first to, to see what's happening. Um, and you know, look, if this were a tattoo, it'd be a disaster. I could hear an ink master right there say, like, well, you can't tell what it is from twenty feet away. But but in this case, because it's a comic book, like I'm here for it. Like, because it made me not rush through the pages. It made me sit there and actually look. And then much like like Bocello, Chris Pacello, who totally different style, but sometimes people complained about Pacello doing superhero books because the, the art was wasn't, you know, 
was was very busy but i would always counter like yeah but it's like you're getting bang for your buck if you actually sit there and look at the page you're like oh damn i think the same here like you you look at these pages and then it almost like opens up to you like you're looking at it at first and you're like oh this is a lot going on i don't know what's going but but to his credit if you just sit there for a second then like you start to see the whole thing and it's like oh okay this is wow um I mean, this may seem blasphemous, and I mean no shade for what I'm about to say. Oh, boy. But I don't understand why he isn't revered for his art in the way that, like, Trad Moore seems to be revered. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get Trad, it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I love Trad's art. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. So I don't want to be shade by it. But, like, um, I mean, and again, maybe this is going to sound like I'm casting shade, but, like, I think Matt's a better storyteller. Like, I don't know. Like for like for my like this is a more interesting story to me than what I've read of Trad's. So why is like why is Matt not a household name and Trad's yeah. selling for like fifty grand? You know, I mean. Well, I think the the chosen character for Trad's written stuff, Doctor Strange. Well, that's true. yeah, that's fair. Immediately locked in a bunch more people than than no, something something like this. But I think Trad got in his own head a little bit with. Uh, uh, the, the Doctor Strange thing. I mean, I, I enjoyed it very much, but I could see somebody who you know their 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 staple food is is traditional Marvel comics being like, what the hell yeah. am I reading? Um, and 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 Lisniewski is ridiculous. He has mastered the line. There are, there are very thick lines in this book, contour lines usually, but then within objects, he has these almost infinitely thin lines that he just builds up just you must have what 20 different pens sitting in his i i I don't know i know a lot of this looks like pencil to me but then that's a lot that's a lot of sharpening um no i i don't think it is but it's just it is absolutely astounding the process uh but it's not only process that would be great uh i can look at process all day and just admire um intricately detailed artwork but the cream the, the the delicious cream on the top of this brew is the story yeah, I think I agree. if 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 it didn't have the story to back it up, I think it would just be a pretty book, of which there are thousands of those out there. Yeah, but the the fact that this both combines form and function, yikes! It's it's a home run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out next week, which is uh, <laughs> the modern day remake of of arguably the greatest uh, JRPG ever. Yeah, it's um, it's up there. It really is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm very excited for that because it's my favorite video game series. It's my favorite video game of a, my favorite series, and now it's being remanded. But I bring it up because I got that vibe from this, too. Like, again, like this eclectic group of characters that are from different walks of life look different. They're not, like, powered per se, but they each have their own advantages. You got, like, you got your tank, you got your gunslinger, you know. And it's, like, bringing them together for this adventure. And, and we and I, I'm like, I don't know, just hit me right. Yeah, you it know? does that play out sense. like a Western, too. Yeah, Lusnuski is 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 a he's one of us. Like in terms of he's a little younger, but he's he's he is nostalgic for many of the same things that made us love comics too. Um, yeah, yeah, you know. So and I think that shines through. And I think the warts were ridiculous. Yeah, the whole thing of being a hand planet and then these warts being a pro- like the, it, like at first the warts it just seemed like a gr- like I'm like oh that's gross but cool like that's cool, but then you see it's a hand planet and you're like oh wow, that's, yeah that's, but but yeah. there are things and i don't want to spoil it there are things living within the warts yeah <laughs> it's crazy but uh, i guess he's trying to say that that change is in the palm of your hands right oh, who God. knows who knows yeah faces in the family go read it it is yeah it is chef's kiss agreed 
Nice. I haven't, I haven't started yet, but I, 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 I need to, obviously. Uh, so whatever complaints anyone might have had with uh, the first issues of the two opening salvos of Ultimate Comics, uh, got nothing. Got no, nobody can complain about seeing a whisper of, of, of someone in costume on the last page when you compare it to something like Holy Roller, because it took four issues for us to finally see my man in costume as the hard-hitting bowling ball-throwing vigilante. And the fourth issue by Rick Remender, Andy Sandberg, Joe Troman, uh, Roland Bashi, Marino, Encinio, and Russ Wooten, uh, was just basically my man going around town, uh, righting wrongs, putting um, hoodlums and hooligans and their duels in their place. Uh, a lot of quips, a lot of jokes, um, a lot of gadgets, and it was. Uh, I Bosch's art is fantastic. If this is not designed to be a vehicle for, for Sandberg to turn into something live action. Um, it, it was nothing was more apparent than in this issue when, uh, my man looks a hell of a lot more like Sandberg than he did in earlier issues. Um, and as Vince said about the first issue, yes, there's Judd Hirsch, yes, there's Robert Redford. Um, so aside from our hero, uh, getting getting a feel for uh for being a hero and and getting a lay of the land and and fighting back uh there are some some changes uh in the um in the family for um for the henrys and uh because old man henry the patriarch he uh he's finally had it with uh his his now um extremely damaged son who just loves pudding and this uh there's there's a really cool last page uh but this is you know it's it's weird i like i said i'm i'm not a um a big sandberg fan but i do like remender and i do like bashi and and i do like i do like the jokes i i like that that uh and it's not it's not only it's not owned by Jews, but there's very much a, a, a Jewish humor to this book, um, which I do appreciate. And and you know I'm I'm a little bummed that we don't get um, we don't really get. I mean we he messes around with uh, with balls of all shapes and and uh, but not, nothing is actually designated as. Uh, as as the candle pin balls, which is maybe my preferred game of of bowling, but this um, this was just this may have been my it may have been my favorite issue of the series so far. Um, only again because we actually get to see uh, 
the main character, the hero of the story, uh, doing what, uh, what 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 I've been waiting for him to do. I mean, we're 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 almost at the halfway mark. It's a nine issue series, so um, it, it's nice to actually see him doing what he's got to do. But um, there's also a great, well, I don't know if you can call it great, but but uh, old man Henry wants to uh, kind of wants to remind everybody that he's not necessarily a Nazi. But but sure, you know, you can call him a white nationalist as if in this day and age in this country there's a difference. But uh it's it's nuts. It it's um it's just it's it's fun, it's silly, it's violent. Um and and I think between uh I, I, I think the writers, the creators are, are getting getting something out of their system by uh by by entertaining us with it and, and I'm I ain't mad at that, but yeah, I mean, seeing seeing other people around town and and just regular everyday innocent citizens going about their business and then being threatened or or um, or, or approached by by entitled bullies who want what others have, um, and then seeing them get theirs, I'm I'm, I'm more than uh, more than happy to see that. But yeah, the fourth issue, fourth issue, I think was um, was fun and is definitely. Uh, I, I think we're we're getting to um, we'll, we'll we'll be getting to the crescendo and and finally have uh, have a uh, the battle. I don't want to say that, but uh, but but the uh, the conflict will 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 it's finally moving along, which 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 I'm happy to see. But yeah, Holy Roller number four was. Uh, was pretty fun. Art's fantastic. Color's good. Um, it, it's, I mean, the three people listed as as writers. I don't know how much of the heavy lifting Rick is doing compared to Andy and Joe, um, but yeah, it's uh, it was it was a good time. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to the next issue and and to hearing uh, how Vince is feeling on it. So. Well, it's got bowling in it, so it's a win. That's what I'm saying. No, yeah, just, that's that's the entire thing. Like, I was very surprised how much I enjoyed this this series. Right. So yeah. far, um, yes, bowling was the hook, Jason, uh, pun intended, that got me involved in the book. But um, you know, like that, but I just want to see shit heels get their own, right? Yep. And I think that's a big part of this book: the injustice that people uh, perpetrate on others is uh, squashed summarily in this book which is good who doesn't like that it's like you're you're in a, in a movie theater and you're pumping your fist mm-hmm. at the screen because a dickhead just got what was coming to him like that's a universal right i think it's wonderful yes it's skewed to a a, a particular uh outlook uh, politically philosophically morally but i mean if you're not of that stripe maybe this book right. will connect with you but yeah right i, th- I think it's great um i i eagerly await anything that comes out of these three four five yeah all right there you go how about that do we have anything else to to talk about before we do the inner travels because my inner travels may be a little long no yeah because my inner travels um it's gonna have it's got a discussion element to it as well so okay 
Okay. Well, everybody, we thank you for being here with us one more time around. Do a, do yourself a favor, not me or, or, or us. Do yourself a favor. Get yourselves to CheapGraphicNovels.com. CheapGraphicNovels.com. The proof is in the name. All you need to know is right there. You're going to get your OGNs, your trade paperbacks, your your manga, your, your giant-ass omnibus editions very cheaply. Far less than you can get them anywhere else. And place an order. One or two things. Treat yourself. You're going to be uh, responded to with, uh, you know, thanks for placing an order, blah, blah, blah. Reply to that saying 11 o'clock comics sent me or us, and you will be awarded with free shipping on your next order. So you have a delicious cake of savings with the list price of all these books. And then you have some nice creamy icing on top of free shipping. Dig in. CheapGraphicNovels.com. And do yourself another favor and journey over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Wow. Five bucks gets you a bonus episode of which is a book of the month currently. $10 gets you that and access to the Slack. The door is swung wide. Swing wide the doors of Slack for the downloads, the pages, the covers, the talk, the the polls, the dirty stuff, the memes, all that the shit. Memes. The memes. Uh, it's just a bunch of like-minded uh, individuals who have become family. Uh, we have our differences, and that's great because it's the differences that make us unique. And everybody just has a whole mess of fun there. So patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Jason. Yes. You know what came out yesterday? Uh, I know a bunch of things that came out yesterday. Well, the the, the high exalted mystic ruler Grand Poobah of comics. I'm talking about the thing. Alan Moore had something come out yesterday. No, 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 no. Um, <sighs> Ronan book two. Oh God! Shut up. Number six by Frank Miller and Daniel Henricks. Um, John Workman on letters. Woohoo! Now. Um, I will be in, uh, completely transparent. <laughs> I will be totally honest in the fact that the story, <laughs> such as it is, that has been delineated over the course of these six issues is interstitial at best. Uh, when Frank gets around to doing Ronin Book 3, the entirety of Book 2 could be summed up in one page. That's okay. That's all right. This is it, it, the pacing on this series was far different than um, you, your typical comics. It was um, extremely decompressed, but that was just an opportunity for the art of Philip Tan and Daniel Henricks and and Frank, I think, to take center stage. But the point I'm trying to make here: six was penciled. And designed by Frank. But Daniel did the inks. Mm -hmm. And I will say that this is the best that Frank has looked in many, many a year. God damn. Yes. That's why it was my anchor last year. Yes. Um, there's an extended sequence in, in the, the first half of the issue when Casey's being rebuilt. She suffered... Massive internal wounds. And um, she's being rewired, reconstructed. She's, she's now a hybrid, um, thanks to this issue. 
and um, Billy and Casey in three pages. Well, it's mostly Billy, but uh, in three pages, Billy destroys the shell of the Ronin. The Ronin is no more. He's dead. Destroys the Ronin, destroys Virgo, destroys Aquarius simply by singing. Like it all happens within the last five minutes of the issue. So, yeah, I mean, this, the story is what it is. I, I'm not, Frank wanted to do this. It was an exercise for him. Great. But the visuals are absolutely amazing. And as I tell my students, good drawing without good composition is going to fall flat. Good composition could save bad drawing. And luckily for Frank, this is both good drawing and great composition because Frank knows how to manipulate visual space. Like, uh, he, he was there. He took copious notes when uh, someone hopefully taught him the elements and principles of design, and he exploits all that stuff magnificently. He, Frank knows how to work an audience based on what he puts in the panel, on the pages. Everything here is just magnificently orchestrated. Um, it, it's Frank in, in rough style Frank. Like, if this book were colored by Lynn Varley, and you put it next to the original stuff, you could tell that time had passed between the original stuff and this. But ballpark, this issue is very much within the style of the original Ronin, which is something to say, right? For Frank, I mean, he's older, wiser, a little bit crazier, and uh, he just chews up the visual real estate in this book. I thought it was great. Um, I don't care what you think <laughs> because it's Frank and um, seven ninety nine. I feel like I got my money's worth uh, for each issue of this series. Had my man Philip Tan in there. Daniel Hendricks is a great artist and the second in command of the High Exalted Ar Comics Army, Frank Miller. So um, this is a winner. The cover is just like phenomenal. There's so much detail and moving parts in the cover. It's just crazy. But is it a worthy successor to the original? I think I'll let you be the the, the uh, deciding factor. On that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like a fever dream somewhere within the last chapter of Ronan, book one. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. This is this is one of those times where I really, really wish my uh, my shipment would just hurry up and get here because I I can't wait to read it. I'm surprised, though. Honestly, you should you haven't. You didn't move your birthday this year to February 21st because between Ronin Book 2, Number 6, and Spawn 350, you must have been just all <laughs> up in, 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 in your feels. You know, I think it's it's very fitting that you would mention Spawn 350 in, in tandem with Ronin Book 2, Number 6 because they're pretty much the same animal. <laughs> 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 they really, I mean... Yeah, there's a I think story. That might be written a little better. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. well, uh, that's uh, that, that's know, the jury's still out on that. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, three fifty was tra 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 tradition. Bless you. That uh, his track record 
one yeah. is a better writer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. But wow. um, they they are animals within the same pen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, I am not going to go too long here. I just I caught up and, and I was extremely happy to um because this book zigged when I didn't think it was going to zag and, and I have no I think I kinda may know where some characters are going uh following this first arc, but based on how things ended with this first arc, I have no idea really what Rick and Max have planned for the sacrificers. This was um the sixth issue just completely knocked my my ass with with massive changes to some characters um and and almost like a the the switch on was flicked for one of our characters and um and i and and justifiably so i i am not not upset with uh with our pigeon at all but um but man there was uh there was a lot going on in uh in these last couple of issues of of the sacrifices i mean we we already the first issue gushed about it and and it made me feel some sort of way and and i kind of thought okay i kind of see maybe where rick is going and and obviously not entirely uh as as the series continued um but yeah i i i can't wait to see where where seven picks up and where we go from there but um i don't know if the first arc has been solicited but um be on the lookout for it and and if you haven't been reading this i don't know why you haven't been we we talked about it since it started and 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 it was the ecloscar pick for for a lot of folks so uh there's really no excuse if you haven't been reading the sacrifices but with this first arc completed um you you you'll be able to catch up pretty quickly, I believe. So yeah, in your travels, uh, do whatever you have to do and uh, and get on or catch up with the sacrificers. The trade paperback was solicited in the February previews. Okay, okay, perfect. Yeah, good price point too. The nine ninety nine? No, no, I wish. No, sixteen ninety nine for oh wow for six out. issues though. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's less than cover price. So, it and af- after discount, you're still making out good. Yeah, yeah. So, for my new travels, um, the reason I said it was a discussion is because we've had over the years conversations, generally led by Vince passionately, about um, artists, in particular comic artists, being. Um, persecuted i guess for rendering taboo imagery right like and and vince you've often understandably defended like a pretty wide net like that that mike, artist should should be yeah, able to like yeah well, i think mike diane is the poster child for that i think that's that was one of the original passionate conversations yeah. we had was about that. Yeah. yeah so i bring that up because we have all been massive fans of of last man which is the 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 uh, fantastic we've mentioned it many times it's a fantastic french um you know french manga if you will Fr- you know a, a manga inspired style french book that that kirkman brought over from in in english for skybound and series of volumes and i think we've gotten three of them and i know we've i think it's it ends with i think there's five in total but whatever um bastion vive is the artist of that series um and we've we've sung that series and the art praises now 
as I know you two know already, but for again for our listeners, Bastion Vivet is relatively young. I think he's not even forty yet, and he's put out an absurd amount of output by at this point. I mean, I think a dozen original graphic novels, uh, bande dessinée, and on, and as well as The Last Man, which was you know f- five graphic novels worth of of, of content. So and and so not only so prolific but accomplished. Um, he was, I believe, the youngest recipient of uh, the French comic festival Angoulême every year. They off they give an award for effectively best artist, you know, best creator, and uh, and he was. I think he won the award when he was twenty six years old. So my point being, very accomplished artist, very accomplished writer, artist, and 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 um, you know, an, an incredibly talented person as well as well acclaimed. Well, I don't know if you guys have followed this at all, but he's pretty much canceled at this point. Like he's he was supposed to be honored at Angoulême last year or uh, 2022. And we he they basically had to cancel his appearance entirely because of hundreds of death threats, basically threatening violence if they had him on. So why is he controversial? Well, he's controversial because he has an unapologetic obsession with. Um, children and their sexual awakening, right? And like, obviously, everybody's like spider sense is going off at the mere mention of that, right? It's like, oh boy, um, <laughs> like, like, and I don't. We, this is in your travels. I'm not going to get into the whole controversy beyond saying, like, I I don't know the situation well enough to have an opinion one way or the other. But in essence, the crux of it is that he has put out graphic novels that have explicit child children, like explicit children having explicit sexual acts. Now, again, why he's done it, what's his rationale? That's that's for another day for another conversation. But I bring this up because Ablaze uh, solicited a few months back the Bastian Vivet collection, uh, and because of how much I liked him with his work from last man. I thought, Oh, this is cool. Blaze does great stuff, especially when they do European imports. I'm a buy it. And it arrived this week and it was two, uh, hardcover graphic novels together in a set. Um, two of his works, a sister and the blouse. Um, and I'll be quick here. A sister is, uh, is, is basically a story of, uh, a family has a shore house. They're friends, mom has a miscarriage and as a result of that like things kind of go awry and so their teenage daughter stays with with them at the at the shore house for a little bit and uh, she's this uh come of age 16 year old you know beautiful girl and uh and she takes she becomes very good friends with the 13 year old son who lives at the family and you know and 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 a romance like a summer romance uh buds and um and, and a, the blouse is kind of reminded me of like a Minara story it's basically a, a totally plain forgettable woman she's not ugly or anything she's like totally plain and forgettable she's kind of living this mundane life repetitive unexciting life and she ends up getting up to wear a blouse from she's a babysitter she ends up wearing the 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 wife's blouse like a silk blouse and suddenly she's gorgeous suddenly every man can't take their eyes off of her they want her they're like sexually ravenous for her and uh, and so she realizes it's the blouse, and so she basically goes in these escapade where she completely transforms herself, becomes pretty wild sexually, daring in other ways, and uh, all because of this blouse. So both stories are very different, but even in the story of the blouse, there's a scene, because she's a babysitter, where like the little girl she's babysitting pulls her pants down and shows her her vagina. And, you know, in this in the book, the 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 heroine, if you will, the, the, the babysitter, she says, Oh, don't do that. You know, that's yours. 
you need to protect that. Like, don't show that's not yours to like, don't show that off to people. Right. So like the messaging is, is like, okay, that's, that makes sense. But like, even, even that book, it's like, okay, why did he have to draw like a prepubescent girl's vagina? Like that, like right in that, like, and so it's this weird thing where if, if I read these books without an, a, a, like a preordained understanding of, of the controversy with Vife, I wonder if I would have received them differently because I, as I'm reading these, the creep factor was like off, like off the, like it was like pinged. But I don't know if that's because I already knew about him being accused of being creepy or because it's just creepy. So like these books were really well rendered. I mean, he's a fantastic draftsman, but like creepy though. So like be forewarned if you're, if you've seen these in solicits and you haven't ordered them yet, like they're weird. Like, I'm not sure in a good way. Okay. Nothing? You don't have anything to say about that? I do, but it's the same thing that you've heard out of my mouth a million times. It's not a young girl. It's on paper. It's it's just a mess of lines. Right, no, for sure. Right, so nobody's... I approach it from an angle where if he's working out all these demons on paper... Yep. In lieu of of exacting these these things in the real world, keep right. doing it, right? Nobody gets hurt from doing this. Kids aren't yeah. scarred for forever. Great, but then you have a problem because if if it, if it spills out of the page and he starts to enact or or you find out that he is try to do yeah. this stuff to to actual real kids, that's a big problem. Like nobody wants to see that. Right. But I mean, if, if he gets canceled, there are, I, I would say, hundreds, if not thousands, of Japanese artists that would end up in a gulag for doing stuff like this. If you're going to cancel him, like, let's look, point your eyes yeah. to other areas. Like, this is not an isolated incident. This is a, a genre that is very prevalent. I mean, yeah, there, there, there are. There's hentai manga that, yeah, that is usually the focus is underage children. Usually. Well, and- and what's what's interesting is doesn't make he, it right. I get it, but yeah, they they, they deserve a, a forum to express themselves where they're not uh, infringing on the rights of actual human beings. Right. Yeah, Vive has been very good. I don't know if this is maybe this is like a bad decision on his part, but he's been very open, like in discussing all of this. Like he hasn't hidden from it, or and he, he has re- he has referenced in some of his discussions over this over the years. That he's done for what would be deemed for pornographic novels, and I, I'm assuming that these are the two that I just referenced are the the two the other two because the the like there's four the two are the two that he's been canceled for, um, like I think it's little, Petite Paul uh, is Little Paul, and then um, the other one I think is um, it's um, something. Something melons, and yes, melons implying like large breasts, and those stories are like very explicit, like, and they are erotica by his own definition, and like have some pretty like, but the so I think what I'm getting at is the two that I just talked about, a blouse, uh, they're like the the tamer, but the ones I think he also considers pornography would be my guess. Interesting. Yeah. Ooh, sorry. Hello there. Ooh. Yeah, sorry. Um, it, and it just makes me wonder, like, if you're going to cancel people for, um imagery what about writers you're going to start canceling people for words like would would we cancel salman rushdie right right yeah. it's just a very dangerous proposition and oh, I, I, that's that's cultural to a degree because yes 
<laughs> they very much wanted his homeland wanted to. Yeah, I mean fatwa. I mean, oh sure, yeah, yeah but I so, mean global. But over here, right? it's just like, oh, it's a book. Yeah, so, I mean, it, that's no. I mean, over here, it's becoming not a book now. I mean, we we see waves of of bannings and and. Well, sure, no, no, yes, you're absolutely. Well, right. It's to, I, to, to, the, if words hurt you. Get a I shield, know. people. I like I, I don't know what to tell you. And it's, it's it's yeah, it is. It's I think it's, the, the question is though is like is like. But on the other hand, if you thought someone was creepy, you you, you might be like, I don't want to support them financially, right? Like I don't. Want sure. to oh, that's them. your and that's your option, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like um, the 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 one guy that was working for DC, who who did. And uh, Justin Iano, like, who did right. do it to and real people, you get his exactly. bucks. bucks. His, his, <laughs> his, and his, he's, he's, he's a fantastic artist. And I mean, the, the, it's not like the, the Creeper book he drew. Like there was no indication there. But it's the home life. It's the finding out. Right. The right. Hard yes. That, see, that's <laughs> almost the, in, out, the inverse of this. Out, this guy. You know, if he's just drawing it and getting it out of his system, like Vince says, you know, if it's cathartic that way or just, you know, whatever demons he wants to exercise. But, and that's fine. Put it on a paper and put it out there. If people want to read it, that, that that's fine. But, yeah, if we find out that Homeboy's got Reference. images. Yeah. Like, yeah. Gary Glitter all of a sudden. Then yeah. You know, that, yeah. That's, 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 that's interesting. Because the dude is, like, like he's he has given interviews over the years that you might, like, you might be like, oh, like, you know, like, and, and I think that's what's like, it's one of those things where when we like, I think people have people have concluded that there's more than one data point to suggest that dude's a creepy dude. Like, okay. like at one point, I guess he said insight incest excites me to death in an interview he did with the magazine. Uh, again, like, if you're going to, if you're going to cast a net over all of the doujinshi out there and, and just homemade comics, there is a shit ton of comics fe- featuring primarily incest. Like that gets yeah. people off. Right. I don't. I don't get and it. What is? But... It, it's. It's. What is one of the? Um, the obviously, he's not alone in that way because. Yeah, because it's the most searchable point. Right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So, it's not. And you've got you've got the Yowie with 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 the the um the, the androgynous boy with the older teacher. It's like there's just there's. There is yes, people are writing stories and it's kind of hot and, though, but whatever they can be. I, think I don't. You guys, I mean, I think you guys have both said it, and like I agree. Like, like I think if if you're just work, like I think it's like it's okay to have imagination, right? Sure. Like, like it's it's okay to think like, and I think to to argue that it's the creation of it is problematic. One would have to then have some kind of line of sight to suggest that it leads to more. In, it, it leads to leads to bad behavior, right? Or, or like like egregious right. behaviors from the creator themselves, or from those that are digested. And I've, I just don't, I just fundamentally don't believe in that. I just no, don't it's like, I, I always scoff at the idea of gateway drugs. I mean, yes, I know there are some drugs that that lead to harder things, but you know they always say, "Oh, marijuana gateway drug, it's going to get you involved in heroin." Yeah, well, and, we, like, no, that's not true anymore. Like, obviously, but yes, they said, yeah, yeah. yeah but um, as long as he doesn't have. Uh, terabytes of reference material, right, right, and, and yeah. as long as he's not using his his sister's kid as as a model, right, and then right. then work it out, you know, get it, get it, yeah, get, it's exercise because I don't like I don't like I applaud a blaze for like putting these, you know what I mean, and like I said, I think they're like if just for what they are, I think I these the two that 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 I had that were published recently, the cure are not they are not like overtly problematic 
the other two that I think we'll probably never see over here in English, like like they those I think are much more thematically like problematic. Like they are, right. you know. So, but yeah, a blaze, bold choice, bold choice. To, yeah, I, uh, yeah, clap, clap. <laughs> yeah, I, I love in the in the 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 stepdaughter videos where the stepmom can't see the bulge under the sheet, like. Are you yep. blind? Like, what? <laughs> do, do you need no, a seeing eye dog? Like, what the hell? They, they like, you know, the the quote unquote stepdaughter is like thirty, and like they yeah. have to still, like, they have to still like put in the the like requisite like, oh, but stepmom, you're, you're like her stepdaughter, like they have yeah. to say it, and like I can't believe you just turned eighteen. Like, it's like they have to right. Like, and to your point, like, that's where it gets really interesting with these discussions. Again, like this puritanical facade that we have as a society, like, like why hearing the words, oh, and you're over 18 and my step don't like, why does that suddenly like the, the sexual impulse, the imagery, the thing that someone's getting excited by is all the same still. Like yeah. those words don't have like, like those words don't invalidate the idea that you're portraying incest right like like you're still like like it's like because i would hope very much hope that most people living their lives don't consider it okay to fuck your stepchild or your like you know what i mean like <laughs> like it's like it is still so like it's fascinating to me that like hearing those words are almost like a like a pavlovian trigger to people right it's like oh right. no this is okay right. this is okay well, <laughs> I, can I mean this. taboos the forbidden that that's enticing yeah it is it is yeah. right for, for sure. a lot of for a lot of people it is um, this, is, this is this is this is in some ways basic psychology, man. This is like Freud. This is Freud stuff, man. Sure. Like, like we're we're sexual for like you know for, like we're sexual from day one. I mean, for good and for bad. Yep. All right. Good job. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this. We hope you come back next time. <laughs> we really hope we didn't burn any bridges with that last one. Uh, we'll have maybe a sandwich. Or something waiting for you. Go to your comic shop, get some comics, talk about them online. Maybe come to our Slack, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. And in the meantime, say good night. <laughs> <laughs>